You're listening to the 104 Sports Report, your main source for Oswego sports, hosted by Zach Case and Joey Palatsky. This is episode three of season three of the 104 Sports Report, your main source for Oswego sports. Joey and I would like to w- thank you for joining us once again for another awesome episode. Before we get into the episode, I want to introduce my co-host, Joey Palatsky. Joey, how was your weekend, buddy? Oh, it was great, Zach. Uh, we were in here Saturday night watching the UFC fights, uh, definitely the highlight of the weekend, and we got a huge interview on today's podcast. Once we got this booked, I was on Twitter earlier this week saying it's the biggest um, biggest guest we've had and a great interview, and um, yeah, let's get into the episode. You said a lot of things on Twitter this week. I just want to point that oh, out. Oh, yeah, there. the NASCAR take. Some people don't like me for that one, but you know. You lost some friends on the Twitter world and in real life. Reggie Jackson once said they don't boo nobodies. He once said that. They don't boo nobody, Zach. You're a nobody. Dude, drivers, for anyone that didn't see this, Zach tweeted, I turned to him as we're watching Daytona 500 the other night, and I said that drivers aren't athletes. What they do is very difficult. It takes lots of skill, but they're not athletes. It's two different things. Obviously, I'm a, I come from a NASCAR family, so I'm going to have to beg to differ there. Watching it for all 18 years. What makes years them of an athlete? How do you watch an NBA game and a NASCAR race and say, yeah, they do this, they're like, going, they are the same, they're, they're going, the same build. They're going 200 miles per hour, feet from each other, skillful, inches from each other. Skillful, that's what I'm telling you. They are sweating bullets. Don't, you know how hot it is in that cockpit? Do it. You don't know how hot it is. It's 100 degrees there, Joe. They're sweating for hours. Sweating doesn't make it's you an endurance, athlete. endurance. Sweating doesn't make you Stamina. Strength. Dude, whoever the least athletic player is in the NBA is more athletic than the most athletic NASCAR driver. Okay, I no want question. them to do 1v1 basketball, and then I want to do 1v1 NASCAR. Well, that's talking skill. I'm talking like 40-yard dash, <laughs> oh, okay. bench press, All right. anything. All right, sounds good. So, uh, obviously, welcome back uh, to the 104 Sports Sport. Sorry for the for the banter there. Uh, of course, if you guys want to go back and listen to the Season 2 episodes, uh, please go ahead. Episode 1, we have Ben Greco on, a guy from our uh, student media uh, around uh, really the whole the whole student media here in Oswego. And then Episode 2, Colby Harvin came on for the Oswego State Wrestling Team. That was an awesome interview, too, having another athlete on the podcast. Uh, really feels good to be back uh, in business here in Oswego. Of course, our podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, what else we got? Anchor. Spotify, Anchor. Yeah, Shout out to Anchor day. FN. And then, of course, WNYO Affiliate. Uh, you can go listen to the radio station. They are back in person now. Thank God. I know I saw that on Twitter this week. Uh, so 88.9 FM if you're in Oswego or online at WNYO889.org. Now, Joey, let's dive into the episode three topics here. We're going to dive into Buccaneer Corner, uh, and then we're going to go over to Newsflash. We're going to run those two segments. We'll interview, uh, preview uh, our awesome guests uh, coming on the podcast today, who is Jason Leone, head coach of the Oswego State men's basketball team. So that's pretty cool. And of course, we'll end the episode, uh, give you all the rundown, and then we'll come back for episode four next week. But Joe, let's go into Buccaneer Corner now uh, on the 104 Sports Sport, and we're going to talk some uh, high school boys Buccaneers hockey, uh, shocker. Uh, it's, I feel like we're talking about this team so much now. They're in the spotlight for the media here in Oswego. Uh, team record now one and two. The last three games, uh, we'll just dive into this real quick. Skinny Atlas uh, on the 11th of February, they that was a 7 2 loss. Uh, and then they came home. I was on the broadcast there. Uh, Joey's going to be on a couple broadcasts too, Joe. Uh, and then, uh, of course, on that one, Sunday uh, on Valentine's Day, 5-0 victory on, over Ontario Bay. They travel to West Genesee on Monday, uh, get shut out, I think, 7-0. Uh, so it seven? Th- yeah, it, it was much? seven. It was that much. I thought it was – was it five? 
You sure it was seven? No, it was seven because seven, five yeah. was Sunday. But just to, just think about it. you played two really good teams. You give up seven goals with your senior netminder. Who knows if they brought in the backups? I wasn't really paying close attention. That's my bad there. Uh, but really, you play two tough teams. You play Ontario Bay. You smoke them. Uh, but the fact you get shut out with this offense that they have that we saw uh, highlighted on Sunday, it, it's really disappointing. Of course, West Genesee is a great team uh, in Section 3. So is Skinny Atlas. Uh, but, Joe, what do you really think of these first uh, three games for the uh, for the Buccaneers now? Um, I think, obviously, as you said, it's, it's unfortunate that two of the first three games are absolute powerhouse hockey programs. But um, obviously, the Ontario Bay games definitely a confidence booster, getting a five nothing win. Um, obviously, it's great having the Oswego High School boys hockey team playing with you know no sports here. Um, Zach was one of the main guys setting up the WNYO broadcast to get in there, and I mean we got a semester full of broadcasts ahead covering the uh, boys and girls hockey teams at Oswego High. I'm excited for it. Uh, I think it's great that you know. All the parents are going to be able to listen to the listen to the games, even though they can't be there. And I mean, obviously, wins and losses are are important things. Obviously, it is sports, but it's nice just having a season for everyone playing, everyone involved with it. Yeah, Coach Aaron talked about it was going to be a really a growing season for this group, and it has been. There's a lot of freshmen in the lineup. We noticed that on their third line, at least I noticed that on Sunday. Uh, but for the upcoming games here for this for this Buccaneer team. Uh, they have CNS uh, on Friday at 7 p.m. at home. And then Christian Brothers Academy will come in on Saturday at 7 p.m. again. Uh, I will be on both of those broadcasts. If you want live updates, you can go to WNYO Sports on Twitter. Give them a follow. They will be posting on there. And, of course, uh, the, the Buccaneers hockey team Twitter, they always have updates on there too. Uh, but really, uh, two teams that I kind of don't really know a lot about. I know CBA used to have a good program. They were state champions a couple of years ago. Uh, in Division Two, I think they're Division One now. They've combined uh, with JD. Uh, so really, two teams uh, that Oswego can beat this weekend, and I think it's going to be a confidence booster this weekend. You have plenty of time uh, this rest of this week here now to plan out what you want to do. You're going to practice. You're going to be able to re- really work on what you missed uh, against Skinny Alice and what you missed against West Tennessee, and take that into this weekend uh, with two back-to-back games. Yeah, I think obviously you take Monday's loss with a grain of salt because I don't know if you read um, – I want to say I, – I definitely read an article earlier. I forget exactly who wrote it or where it was. It was Greco. Was, it was Greco. I thought it was Greco. I didn't want to give him too with, much credit. Uh, it was Oswego County News Now. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I don't I don't want to give Greco too much credit. But, I, yeah, I thought it was Greco's. But, anyways, I did see a quote that he had. Um, co- the, the coach had said that they didn't get a – you know, they weren't going to practice over the weekend. It was just games – uh, game Sunday or um, was it? Yeah. Well, the, the win Sunday and then obviously they don't have a practice going into Monday. So, I mean, I think you take the Monday loss with a grain of salt with no practice and short rest, but I think they'll be well prepared for uh, both games this weekend. After analyzing their schedule, they have a crap ton of back-to-back hockey games, which can hurt them and also can be a benefit. If you're going on a run, that's going to be a huge benefit for you guys. You just take that in the next day. Uh, if you're slacking a little bit, you really want that practice time. And Coach talked about with me, he's not going to have a lot of practice time for this team, uh, which obviously sucks. Now, let's move on to uh, newsflash here. Joe, you talked about how we have Buccaneers hockey games, but we don't have Oswego Lakers uh, sports at all. Let's talk about the Suniac Spring Sports decision here on the 104 Sports Report. Uh, I've been really on the ball with it on Twitter. Just I don't want to sound greedy not or anything. The there. You're, the, you're, the, uh, you're the main newsbreaker now somehow. You got the source. You have the the source. No one knows who it is besides Zach. I'm just some sophomore 
in a cooped up dorm room in, in there, Seneca Hall. There's not a person on campus or in Oswego that knows who Zach Source is, but apparently they're reliable. I trust him with it. And um, yeah, Zach's been breaking the news. And I mean, we're getting the updates. And I mean, I got no complaints as long as we're getting the updates. I don't care who the source is as long as they're reliable, which I believe they are. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's I, I, updates on the decision. I wouldn't ruin my Twitter by putting out a source that I didn't have confidence in. Well, that's, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. So now diving into uh, this spring sports decision, there was a meeting last Wednesday. They pushed it off to Tuesday uh, to discuss a proposed plan and a course of action, really. And now uh, saying this now and coming out on Wednesday, uh, I think I'm going to have this out on Twitter already as we record this on Monday. Uh, but there's going to be another meeting next week. Uh, I think it's going to be on Monday. And I don't know if they're going to make a decision then. Uh, but one thing to talk about that, that not really Oswego based, but it helps Oswego or it helps the SUNYAC is the Empire Eight conference made a decision today to play spring sports. This is Monday, uh, the 15th, uh, that we're recording this on. Uh, so obviously that helps out Oswego's case. That helps out a lot of the players. And one thing I've noticed that we haven't really talked about is where are the players? I have a couple following my Twitter page. There's a couple on my Instagram why aren't they speaking out? Do you want to play spring sports? Do you want to play the game you love? It's almost like, I don't know if they're scared that they're going to lose something if they do speak out against their school or if they speak out against uh, the conference, but you, you can speak out as a group and, and do the same thing that Joe Kyle, Joe Glamos came on our, on our podcast. He did the same thing at Buffalo state. And I'm really concerned at the fact that no one for spring sports, at least in Oswego, has really said anything on a public uh, or social media platform yet. Uh, and it's kind of concerning. I, uh, Joe, before you weigh in on this, I've had someone reach out to me from the baseball team regarding this. And, and he's just asking, like, what can I do? What's going on with the decision? And obviously, I feel for them, they just need to really unify themselves get a couple sports together, get maybe maybe a council or a group and, and really talk to the schools and talk to the conference and be like, hey, we want to play. We have all this testing set up. We've talked about it for months uh, that we can make a schedule happen. And now I feel like the SUNYAC is pushing it off week after week, meeting after meeting. And it's going to be too late at some point to really start a season. If say we get into March, mid-March, you're not going to start a season until the end of April. And that's one month um, to that point. I think that they will have a decision sooner or later. Um, obviously, they have until, you know, whenever they would be starting spring sports, they have until then, in theory, to make the decision. But I think, as you mentioned, like Joe Glamos and Joe Kyle and some other guys around the SUNYAC, they started speaking out once the season was canceled. I mean, obviously, the, uh, the SUNYAC was guaranteeing there would be a season, but they started speaking out once it was canceled. And, I mean, the, all the student-athletes for the spring sports have an opportunity now before they make a decision, before anything is canceled, to say, hey, we want to play. Listen to us. Here's our ideas for how to play safely, how to go about it safely. And, I mean, yeah, to your point, no one's really saying anything. They're just saying we trust that, you know, the school presidents are going to make the right decision, whatever that may be. Um, I, you know, there's really no – it doesn't really seem like there's much of a sense of urgency. I don't know if they don't know the meetings are happening or what, but, I mean, there hasn't been – no one's speaking out. Like you said, there's no, no sense of urgency to it to have a season. Yeah. Obviously the players aren't in the loop on it. Uh, none of the public is. I'm the only one really talking about on Twitter. I haven't seen other schools talking about it. I haven't seen other media members besides a few guys. I'm, we have I'm a little Oswego. surprised at that. I'm a little surprised that 
I no, thought I no, thought no one from the SUNYAC or no schools or anything being like, hey, like we're, I, we're gonna have a decision. I this would day. feel like my like I was kind of expecting my tweet to travel across the SUNY system mm-hmm. and get a and get a bigger audience. It really has only affected Oswego. Uh, there's been no one from other schools reaching out to me, which is shocking. It's not like I thought that, like I did think that, but it's like this is a big decision affecting more than just SUNY Oswego and the few players we have and the couple sports teams we have. Uh, so it's just it's just shocking to me, and I hope it, it changes quickly and sooner rather than later. And I think this Empire 8 conference decision helps us geographically because they are oh, geographically yeah, uh, in our region too. There was another conference, I think it was the NE10 or something, their Division One conference. I don't know if you know them. I don't know them specifically, but they made a decision too uh, to play. Uh, I think the Empire 8 having the decision to play is – definitely huge i mean obviously with with covid stuff we're not gonna have any out of conference games if we do have a spring sports season but i mean i don't even know now that i think of it i don't really know you think about i know at least the baseball team travels south for spring break they for, were they for definitely they, 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 they can't do that now so, they're, so what's they're gonna, gonna happen is they're gonna play conference games and you're gonna dive right into it it's probably i don't know how baseball is gonna work obviously scheduling wise i'm not the baseball freak right but you'll probably do weekend games and then the softball team will come here Say Oswego plays Oneida. Oswego baseball is going to go on the road. Softball team from Oneida is going to come here and stay the weekend. You know what I mean? Right, but I'm saying in theory, now that I think of it, even if they do have a spring sports season, stuff might be starting later just because of the, just because of the weather, oh, really. definitely. And every other school is practicing right now, and we aren't. That's going to put us behind mm-hmm. the eight ball this season and next season, I feel like. A uh, quick side note I want to talk about uh, in, ter- in terms of this segment of the show. Uh, Dan Kane, who is the head coach of the soccer team, a great guy. We talked to him. I've talked to him at least uh, for other things in the media. Uh, he is now the interim athletic director. We did have another uh, interim athletic director, Eric Summers, and he stepped down. I don't know if he stepped down, but he's now the associate athletic director. So he's still in the system. Uh, Joe, quick thoughts before we move on here. I mean, I, yeah, I think having back-to-back interim athletic directors is interesting. Maybe they just haven't found someone that's suitable for the for the position of the official athletic director. But I think I definitely think that there's got to be some weird reason for why we have back-to-back interim athletic directors. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a little concerning, too. You can't find a permanent spot for this, especially right now with everything going on with COVID. Uh, but that was just a quick side thing that was on the website, uh, the Oswego State uh, Athletics website. There wasn't really any news put out about it. Uh, I just found that. Uh, on Monday, yeah, it'll be a bigger story when we have an official athletic director. That'll be a much bigger thing. Right oh, definitely. Now. It was just it was a big thing because Eric Summers used to work here. He came back and now is and now the Kane's been here for years with the soccer team, four or five years now. Uh, so so just to bring up the topic, Joe, I think we can move on with that. Yeah, one. real quick. I think I think it'd be bigger if the athletic director had a say in if spring sports seasons are happening. But you know, it's right now it's kind of an irrelevant position with no, but they don't have a, um, a voice in it. Yeah, with no with no athletics and you're not making the decision, there's kind of not a lot you can do yeah. uh, in terms of that position. Now, let's head into our interview here on the 104 Sports Support. Of course, we talked about it at the top of the show, head coach of the Oswego State men's basketball team, Suniac men's basketball coach of the decade. Uh, this would have been his 10th season with the team. He has a coaching record uh, with Oswego of 181 wins to 75 losses, most wins in any nine-year period uh, for this group, a six-time NCAA Division Three tournament uh, bound team 
and a four-time SUNYAC champion team with this coach. Of course, we're talking about Jason Leone, head coach of the basketball team. What a guy to have on. He was an awesome, uh, it was an awesome interview. Great guy to talk to. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things revolving his team, revolving basketball, his past when he used to play at CBA. Uh, it's a great interview, Joe. Uh, before we dive in, obviously, I want your quick thoughts. Uh, and then we'll go right into the interview. We got off the interview, and I remember we hung up that Zoom meeting. The first thing I said to you is, you can tell that guy's the coach of the decade. You can tell just by the way he speaks, by the way, his, his basketball knowledge, by his answers. You can tell everything about him, that he cares about his guy. I mean, we could even tell how much he cares about the guys and how well he's handling stuff right now. It's not You can tell it's not really getting to him too bad, but obviously – you know, he, he does feel for the guys and everything, but I mean, I thought that was, he's the biggest guest we've had. I think he did a, he was a great interview and um, obviously just winning the uh, coach of the decade for men's basketball is huge. And um, the guy just wins. I mean, that's all he's been doing for 10 years now at, uh, at Oswego. Oh, definitely. And he's the only coach of the decade in Oswego. So just to come to think about it, that's definitely a big guy right now, especially winning that award. Uh, which was announced either a week or two weeks ago. Uh, so obviously let's dive into that interview here on the 104 Sports Board. This is the main source uh, for Oswego Sports. Uh, you're listening to the Jason Leone interview. Uh, we'll be right back after uh, this interview and this quick ad message. Welcome back to another interview on the 104 Sports Board. Joe and I would like to welcome in Jason Leone onto the podcast. Leone is currently head coach of the Oswego State men's basketball team and recently won the SUNYAC Men's Basketball Coach of the Decade. Coach, thanks for letting us uh, take the time to sit down with you today. Oh, I'm fired up to be here. So it's it's uh, been a tough year not being able to be out on the court coaching, but when I could sit down and talk about our program and, and talk basketball with, uh, you know, guys like you, that, that makes it uh, makes my day exciting. So thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. So we got a couple of questions for you, a lot around basketball and then a special one at the end that we always do with all of our guests. Uh, my first one awesome. is going to say, uh, I've heard things around the media that you don't like to talk about the past a lot. So we only got a couple of questions for you here about that. And then we'll talk about the future for you. Uh, but awesome. you're, you're nine years at Oswego and it's been the most winningest uh, time in the program, in hi program history. And uh, of course you did win uh, SUNYAC men's basketball coach of the decade. So congrats on that. Uh, what specifically had led you uh, to having so much uh, success uh, with this team in Oswego? Well, thanks for the, the kind words. Um, you know, I, I think a big part of just being able to reflect over a long period of time now, uh, a big part of the success was the fact that I came here and the program was in such really good shape. Um, my two predecessors, uh, most recent predecessors, Adam Stockwell and Kevin Broderick, um, really had the program um, in a good position when I took over. As a matter of fact, my first year here, I inherited a team that went to the NCAAs for the first time in school history, went 17 and one in the conference and was 24 and five. So um, I think part of my record is the fact that I didn't take over a program that was kind of a fixer upper. A lot of times you see coaching changes occur because maybe the, the prior coach didn't have a lot of success. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, but I, I would say, um, you know, when I first got here, um, kind of trying to, I didn't want to tweak too much because I was the third head coach that our seniors played for in four years. 
So I took the philosophy of I was the one that had to fit in with them, not them fitting in with me. Uh, so I probably really didn't do much. I, I sat down, I had a lot of meetings with upperclassmen and then individual meetings to try to see what the kids liked and what they maybe thought could be tweaked a little bit. And I didn't want to change too much. Um, it was hard enough. I got the job in September and we were starting practice six weeks after I got named the coach. So um, that wasn't a lot of time. Um, so, you know, part of the success was, you know, kind of checking my ego at the door, so to speak, and not making too many changes, inheriting some really good players. Um, and then, you know, kind of embracing all the um, expectations that went along with uh, taking over a team that had all league players and a first team All-American and we were preseason ranked in the top 10 in the country um, in one poll. So um, just really, um, I think having head coaching experience before I got here was also a good help uh, to me. Um, you know, I, I, I was a head coach for four years before I got here. So um, this wasn't my first head coaching job. And I think drawing upon some of those experiences as a head coach prior to, to being at Oswego, I think was was also an indicator and, and a help for me to to have some success when I first got here. Yeah, obviously you inherited a great team when you came here, but also I was looking into it. So every player that's came to Oswego that you've recruited that stayed all four years has won not just one, but two SUNYAC championships. Um, do you feel like winning is an expectation or do you preach do you preach other things and winning just kind of comes from that? That's a great question. Um, so yeah, I think that that is an expectation. Um, I think one of the reasons that I wanted to come and coach at Oswego was um, the people that hired that were involved with my appointment um, had explained to me that the expectations were that they wanted to have a winning program um, and they wanted to compete um, at, at the top end of the SUNYAC and and have an opportunity to, to play in the national tournament. Uh, and I and I wanted a job where there was resources and expectations like that. So, but I also think um, to use the other part of your question, I think winning is always a byproduct of a lot of different things, you know, your daily habits. Um, it's a byproduct of surrounding yourself with good people. Um, you know, this is a, an accolade that I received, but it was a byproduct of all these assistant coaches that have, worked for me and done such a great job with recruiting and player development. And then all the great players that have played here. Um, you know, a, a coach is only recognized. It always goes back to the players, you know? So I think, um, you know, having the high expectations here, um, of winning is, is certainly, um, uh, you know, an attitude and a, a big part of our program, but, the, the, the expectations are a byproduct of the players um, and, and developing good people and um, surrounding yourself with good people, um, having really good daily habits. Um, you know, that process oriented approach is something that I subscribe to. And one thing I want to talk about is that 2018-19 season. You guys uh, were SUNYAC winners. You guys went to the NCAA tournament. You hosted some games. Was there something special with that group that season? Uh, that maybe there isn't with this season, or is there just something special with that group of players uh, that from that season? Um, you know, we've had some really good, I mean, my first team here that I in inherited 
we went undefeated in the SUNYAC and um, we were 18 and 0 in the regular season. And then at that time, there was all eight teams made the conference tournament. So we won three games. So we were 21 and 0. Um, that team was really special to go through the league and beat everybody twice. And then three teams we beat three times. I just don't know if that's ever going to be done. Uh, I mean, records are made to be broken, but that's not one that's going to be, you know, you're going to see it very often. Uh, and then we had a team that hosted a sweet 16 game here in 2015. Um, and that was an electric atmosphere with 3000 people in our gym, both sides of the gym were filled. Um, and then obviously this 2018, 19 team that you discuss are discussing now. Um, yeah, those teams all, I mean, there's, there's been teams that haven't made the NCAA tournament that have provided us with some special moments. Um, but, uh, that team was certainly really special. We were very fortunate. We've got, we got, uh, you know, a couple of players that transferred in, um, during the summer before that year started to go along with players that we had coming back. And, um, we kind of took our lumps relative to our program. We were 14 and 13 the year before, you know, we had a winning record, but for us, it wasn't to the normal standard. And, um, we added a couple of transfers and then our pieces just really fit well, um, where we had experience, we had buy-in, uh, and we were just unbelievably physical. Um, and, uh, that, that team was obviously made a special run. Yeah, so uh, you're in the 1,000-point club at CBA in Syracuse. You had a coach there in Buddy Waklinski who has over 500 career wins. He's been there 36 seasons already yesterday. Um, yep. How much was he an influence on both your love of the game, and did he inspire you to get into coaching? Do you think that was probably the first guy that m- might have pushed you down this road? Well, he's certainly one of them. Uh, my uncle uh, my uncle John uh, was a head Division One coach at Lafayette College, um, coached there for 15 years, um, going to his camps during the summer, um, spending a lot of time traveling with him, watching Division One basketball, sitting on the bench at Syracuse games when Lafayette would play Syracuse. Um, I really, um, I'm not sure I ever planned on getting into coaching, but I did really like being around the game. Um, and then, as you mentioned, my high school coach had a really positive influence on me. Um, you know, he had an exceptional love for the school that he coached at, similar to the how much I love being at Oswego. Um, I've always really felt good about situations where you see coaches coaching at one place for a long period of time. I think part of having a lot of success um, deals with the word uh, comes from the word continuity. So I think when you see coaches in places for a long period of time, um, I think that's a really, really good model for having uh, continued success, you know? Um, so I certainly have a lot of, um, you know, respect for coach Wilklinski's, um, how long he's served in that role of, of basketball coach and athletic director at CBA. And, um, you know, I, that, that certainly was a big part of me getting into coaching as well. And, uh, it's nice to be able to be living close to the school now, uh, where my wife and I live down in East Syracuse. So I'm able to spend a lot of time with him and, um, you know, but th- those are a couple of the people that certainly had an influence on me getting into coaching. And obviously we didn't have winter sports this year and we weren't able to really see the class of 24 uh, for your team. Is there anyone uh, in this recruiting class you think uh, will really make a big impact next season for the Lakers? Well, that's hard to tell because I haven't <laughs> seen the play here yet. So uh, we, certainly a- like, 
we like the people that we recruited when we saw them play in high school uh, last season, but um, that's a big jump to make from high school into our program. I think part of the reason you've seen a lot of success in our program is we haven't had to rely on freshmen coming in and playing a whole lot. Although I've had, you know, three or four of them come in and start for four years by and large, most of our freshmen, um, you know, play a secondary role on our team. Some of them don't even get a chance to play too much um, here as freshmen. So um, just because they don't doesn't mean that I don't like them. It just means I think we have a good program. You know, it's hard for an 18 year old to come in and uh, compete physically against 20, 21 year olds that have been here for two or three years. So um, I think that's one of the more challenging parts of my job is, um, you know, to make sure our freshmen and sophomores um, really stay on board with our program of, of player development. Um, because, you know, again, part of the reason why we've been so successful is you don't see three and four freshmen starting every year for our team. You know, um, we by and large have mostly juniors and seniors that are in our starting lineup every year. So, but I like the, the two guys that are here that are freshmen for us this year. And um, I'm looking forward to be able to get back on the court and work with them. And uh, we think they will be good players eventually for us. You said you said in that answer how special the freshman has to be to come in and start. Um, you saw that last year in Jeremiah Sparks. What yep. are you expecting out of him next three years? Think, I mean, where does he go from from the dominant year he had last year? Yeah, well, Jeremiah is uh, was was a what I would call he was a superior talent. Um, Jeremiah's got a, and, and him and I have spoken about this. He's now got to morph his game into a winning. Uh, championship level player. So Jeremiah had some moments of greatness last year against some really good teams on our schedule and certainly helped us uh, win a lot of games. Um, he had some special performances uh, that we don't see from freshmen too much, but he's got to become more consistent in making winning plays. You know, his effort and his um, attention to detail on the defensive end um, has got to be better, uh, more consistent. Um, I think his decision-making on the offensive end and making plays for other people and reading when he should shoot and when he should pass has got to get better. But um, he, he certainly has, from a physical standpoint, all the tools that you need to be, you know, one of the better players that I've coached here. Um, but now we've got to compile, um, you know, both this individual physical talent We've got to compile that and, and, and put together some of this mental aspect and doing a little bit more of the dirty work for him to be um, a championship level player. You know, one of the things I, I, I tell all of our players when they have great statistics is, you know, if you look down at the people that get voted all conference and all region and all American, if your team doesn't win and you're not in the top one or two in the conference, you can have great stats. There's guys every year that have great stats in our league, but they don't get recognized because their team doesn't win. So um, there's a lot of guys in the NBA that guys love watching play and they put up great stats, but they're, they don't, their team doesn't win enough. So they don't get recognized. So um, that those are some of the things that I've challenged Jeremiah with um, is that, you know, he's got to be willing to do uh, a few more of the dirt of the dirty work things. Um, that the great players do. And he will. Uh, I feel very, very comfortable saying that. Yeah, we were talking about this before before we pressed the record button, but um, I just want to get your thoughts. So with the high school season being canceled and shortened all across New York, and obviously no spectators here, how's recruiting looking for you this year? I think it's going well so far. Um, you know, we've, we've had to just uh, be very resourceful and, um, 
think outside the box. Um, and we've had, uh, amidst all the constraints that we've had in that area of the job, we've had to be, um, you know, very resourceful and we've had to be creative with how we communicate and, uh, how we see kids play. And, um, you know, we're certainly not going to use any of the things that have been going on in the world as an excuse. Um, our expectations are that we're going to compete for a conference championship next year. And uh, uh, the recruiting is off to a good start. We have one young man that's committed so far um, that we're excited about. And uh, we're, we're in a good position with, uh, you know, three or four others at this point. So uh, I feel very good. This The school is a, is a great school and it's a great place to be and it shows very well. Um, but, you know, then also over nine years, you can look at the fact that we're averaging over 20 wins a year and that we have more wins than any other program in the East region. And to be able to um, put that in writing and send things, pamphlets out to recruits and things like that, that goes a long way in attracting the better players to come here. Now to talk about your current roster, have you been doing anything with your team virtually over Zoom? or And what really have you been telling them uh, really through this crazy academic year with no sports? Yeah, so we've been meeting over Zoom um, in, uh, two, in two ways. Um, we've been meeting with the guys academically to make sure that they've been keeping up with the things that they need to be keeping up with because learning virtually uh, presents its own challenges uh, for everybody. Um, so um, you know, it's not really what people sign up to come to school for is to learn online. So those classes, even before the pandemic, when I've had guys that have taken classes online, they seem to present their own challenges for getting the grades. So we meet academically with the guys and then also try to meet once every couple of weeks over zoom, just to see how they're doing, you know, um, crack some jokes. Um, there's not a whole lot of updates that I can give them right now. Um, you know, I just, I've been amazed at how well our players have handled this whole thing and um, they've acted very 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 maturely I haven't heard a lot of complaining uh, I haven't had guys saying I'm thinking about transferring schools or anything like that our guys have been very resilient through this whole thing and they've been patient um, so um, the lines of communication have been open and we've spent a lot of time with them uh, in the ways that we're allowed to at this point and uh you know, we'll continue to do that. Okay, so we have uh, no practices and games happening this year, obviously. Um, how do you think it's going to influence next season? Do you think the style of basketball is going to be like as polished and talented as it was in previous years? Or do you think it might be a little sloppier? What do you think we're going to be looking at next year? You know, I don't know. Um, that's, a, that, that's something that will be a kind of a wait and see. Um, for me and my coaching staff, we're going to have to be patient because I think before we get into – I have a saying with our players, you know, you're either getting in shape or you're getting better. It's hard to get better when you're not in shape. Um, if you think about it. Okay. Because every time the way that you get better when you work on something is you put forth a ton of effort and, you know, when you are unable to put forth a ton of effort because you're fatigued, um, it's hard to get better. So, um, our first point of emphasis when we get back to, to playing and working with the team will be on, you know, conditioning and, and getting that, putting them in a position where they can get through a two hour practice. And we're going to have to be patient and take um, small steps. And that might come with some heartache with winning and losing. But, um, you know, I, 
I am thankful I've been doing this long enough now where I think I've got a little bit of perspective. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you I'm the most patient guy in the world, but I think given these circumstances, um, you know, we're going to have to be to move forward in small incremental steps. Because uh, what we don't want also is we don't want to push too hard in the beginning where people sustain injuries, you know. So, uh, you know, my thoughts in terms of your original question is I'm not sure what to expect because this is unlike anything that any of us has any, ever dealt with before with regard to recreation and sports. So I don't know what to expect. Um, my best gut feeling would be that um, I think you're going to see a lot of people that have maybe put on um, some some weight, uh, some people that maybe aren't in great shape. And I think that'll be the first order of business is, is uh, you know, maybe focusing on those things. And that might come with, you know, maybe losing some games early on because we're just not in a position where we're ready to win yet because of uh, fatigue and, and conditioning. That's definitely something a lot of teams are going to have to look for next season. And for your returners next season, uh, what players do you think have really taken this time to really improve on their game? Or do you think a lot of them are really spending time in the weight room, trying to get stronger, trying to stay healthy? Uh, what do you think a lot of players are kind of doing on your roster? Well, I, you know, I don't have much contact with them. We're not allowed to, 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 to make them do anything right now. Um, but, you know, just from speaking with them, I know a bunch of them have memberships at local gyms and um, I'm sure um, when they're able, they can go to certain places and get up shots. It just doesn't happen on our campus, you know, so but there are situations where, you know, there are gyms that are open where you can wear masks and get shots up and, you know, probably play pickup and um, and work with the weights, as you mentioned. So I'm, I'm sure all of them are doing those things that are allowed to be done. I just can't be a part of it at this point in time because um, I have to follow the rules that the school is set forth. All right, coach. Last question here. We ask this to every guest that comes on the podcast. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant or dish in all of Oswego? So if you get one final meal in Oswego, where are you going? What are you getting? Absolutely. An easy question. The chicken parm dinner at Canales. Not even a close second. Wow, really? I don't think we've heard Canales at all this yeah, we, so far. We get a lot of hesitation with that well, question. Too. At, that was no it, doubt. Take a look at this beak on my face. You can tell I'm Italian, right? <laughs> All right. So that's, that's that a, where I go. That was a no hesitation answer either. That was, no that was quick. That's I the, like that. Not even a close second. That's the quickest answer we've ever yeah, gotten on this. That was people sit yeah. and think for a second. That was quick. We've had a lot of people I give a little, I'm, go ahead, go one, ahead. One of the things I miss the most is, is going and dining in restaurants. And I haven't had that chicken parm. I was a time when I was in my thirties, when I first was here, when I didn't put on the weight, as easily where I'd go and eat that chicken parm dinner before every game. But then I started, my suit started not fitting and uh, I can only do that once a month or so now. So hey, as, but I love as, that. I love that as, spot. As broadcasters, we, we feel the same way. I'm at the same point as you. So, That's well, right. thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Obviously it's uh it's been special. Thanks for giving us the time and hopefully yeah. we got you on the court next season and hopefully get some yeah, success. Yeah, we'll get back. We'll, we'll, we'll be back and uh, looking forward to it. And uh, I really appreciate the work you guys do. It's awesome. I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast. Welcome back from that interview with Jason Leon. We want to thank him for coming on the podcast, obviously. Uh, and that was an awesome interview we talked about at the top uh, before we uh, dived into that interview with you guys. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on uh, coach and uh, Joe, do you have anything final to say before we uh, wrap this uh, podcast episode up. No, I mean, obviously between Buccaneer Corner this week with having boys and girls hockey back at us, we go high. And, you know, the athletic director new spring sports decision, great interview. I mean, it was just a jam-packed episode. 
plenty of content. We're sorry it went long. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about uh, this week on the podcast. We just want to remind you to watch episode one and episode two uh, from this season. And any of our past episodes are all on Spotify, all on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Those are our podcast podcast platforms. Uh, wherever you find your music or podcast, you can find us on the 104 Sports Report. And of course, we are a WNYO affiliate, 88.9 FM. In your if you're in Oswego or online at WNYO88.9.org. Uh, uh, Joey release episodes uh, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. right now until we get spring sports, hopefully. And Joe, if you want to rattle off your uh, Twitter uh, page for us, that'd be great. Joey Polatsky. Um they're calling me Joey Hot Takes right now because of the uh, the NASCAR take. So um, maybe I'll just start firing off some more on there. Who knows? Joey, you're an abs- you're in a freezer right now. Just want to point that out there. You're not hot at all. So, dude, just because hey, just, just take it with a grain. Hey, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, the Twitter and Instagram for our podcast is the 104 Sports Report. Uh, you can find us on both of those platforms. You can find me at Zach A6 if you want up to date knowledge uh, with anything revolving uh, Oswego Buccaneers hockey. Uh, Oswego Lakers stuff uh, or the spring sports decision. You can find me uh, on Twitter uh, right there. And obviously thank you for your continued support on the 104 sports sport. Joe, wrap it up, please. The, uh, if you want, if you want to have the first scoop on the Suniac spring sports decision, I guarantee turn the tweet notifications on Zach K six. He'll probably have it before the Suniac even announces it if he's allowed to. But I mean, if you want, if you want the updates with what's happening in the Suniac and you know COVID stuff here and literally anything else, Zach K six, turn the tweet notifications on. Best follow in Oswego at SUNY Oswego. I'm telling you right now. Hey, I'm on the ball with it. That's all I gotta say. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Joey and I encourage you to go check out our other podcasts uh, on the WNYO website and check out all of our social media accounts uh, in terms of WNYO and of course the 104 Sports Sport. And next Wednesday at 3 p.m., episode four will be released containing everything you need to know uh, to stay up to date with Oswego Sports and SUNYAC Sports. And uh, have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you soon on the 104 Sports Report.